Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Good morning, and welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space where we share the gospel, aka the good news, to anyone who has a vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. Good morning, Devin. You, you, you beat me too. That's it. what I did. Did you see how I was on top of that? I'm you're quick this morning. And I'm ready to go. Just jumped right in there. Yeah, here we are. Happy We're, Sunday. Happy Sunday. The sun is shining. Hey, le- listen. Oh my gosh. I get so excited over the dumbest things. But last night I was driving um out to my sister's house. It was like 645, and I could still see a hint of sunlight out there. It's a beautiful thing. I know. I uh, I think it's in the book of Revelation. Jesus says, behold, I am making all things new. And it's like going, heading into spring. I feel like I've never had, we've never had spring before. That's true. There's something about it. It's the smell in the air when it turns to be 55 degrees and there's a hint of sunshine. You feel like you're on the beach. I know. At least <laughs> I do. <laughs> you might be pushing it a little bit there. There is a smell in the air. Um it's just exciting. So it is exciting. It's a beautiful day. We're glad to be here with everyone. Heading into okay, I'm going to, I'm going to now like pivot, and we're going to make it like dark. We're heading into Lent. <laughs> Dang, just like that, <laughs> Julie the buzzkill. No, yes, we are heading into Lent when this episode is released. It'll be Sunday the, oh, dang it, nineteenth. Thanks. I'm looking at my computer, yeah. And Lent starts on the Wednesday, yeah, the Wednesday after that. Uh, so 2021 on the 22nd, February 22nd. Perfect. Ash Wednesday. Have you ever taken the ashes before, Devin? I have not. No. I again, very uh ignorant of me maybe. I I thought it was just a Catholic thing. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's a very logical Okay, great. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Like I grew up in a church where we didn't necessarily uh, like um, observe Lent, um, and then you start realizing that you know it's it's part of the Christian tradition, not just a Catholic tradition. So, yeah, it's um, it's a very somber um, occasion when you take the ashes, because um, like what they'll do is they'll they'll mark your forehead and say, you know, from ashes you've come to ashes you shall return, basically paraphrasing but it it is a you know the season of lent is a solemn time it's not meant to be a sad time but solemn in that you you kind of do some self-reflection and so yeah we're going to be heading into lent some people celebrate what we call fat tuesday have you ever heard of that i have heard of that yeah in new orleans they celebrate mardi gras yes and so what they do is they celebrate in excess because they know for the next 40 days <laughs> they gotta tow them yeah they gotta tow them cut off mm-hmm. yeah so yeah and usually lent is you know people will give something up during that time right um to identify with jesus's 40 days of temptation in the wilderness hmm. and that's when jesus of course fasted he gave up eating and it's yeah, it's it's just a very holy, solemn time, like I said, in the in the Christian church. Perfect. Well, I think it's gonna be good to kind of talk about that this week. Yeah, and but before we do that, like have you okay, so you thought Lent was mainly just a Catholic thing. 
And growing up, I think I did too. But have you ever observed Lent? Like participated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, at least I tried my best growing up, maybe, because everybody else was doing it. I guess I didn't really understand. I had a high-level overview of why you gave up Lent, but um, I think I did, like, ice cream. I don't even know if I've <laughs> ever made it through, right? Like, maybe cussing? Yeah, right. Couldn't do that. I wouldn't last a day. Um, what about you? Have you, you know, successfully completed Lent? I, wow, that is a good question. I don't know if I can say I've successfully completed it. Like if I made it from start to finish. Don't you have a cheat day in there too? So (laughs) Lent is the, you're looking for the (laughs) angle. I appreciate that. Um, So Lent is the 40 days prior to um, Easter, but not counting Sundays. Right. Okay, yeah. That's what so it is. I don't know if you can really call Sunday a cheat day. I don't know if <laughs> God true. ever really designed it for a cheat day, but um, I think the whole idea is that whether you're, you know, some people abstain from things like like uh, meat on Fridays. Yeah. Well, Catholics, I think, really, that's their main observation. I see. Um, is you know, and so it's famously fish on Fridays because right. they don't eat like a red meat, so to speak. Got it. Okay. Um, but I think the the whole idea is that whatever you're giving up is to draw you closer somehow to God. Like Absolutely. if I'm using, yeah. you know, Devin, if you were using ice cream mm-hmm. as, as, a, mm. as a way to satisfy your soul instead of, instead of, you know, what God can give you, then I think that's the idea behind it. I, uh, I got to think about what I want to do this year. I, I want to try. I want to try. It's, yeah, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. Let's just say that. Now I got you thinking, don't I? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give up cigarettes. You already, I don't smoke. Know. I've never done yeah, that. Never, exactly. <laughs> it's got to be something that you do often. Yeah, that would be meaningful. Yeah. You, because here's the deal. I'm going to, man, I'm sorry. I'm going off tangent for just a second, Devin. I think all too often in the quote Christian church or in religious people, we talked about the dangers of religion, whether last week or the week before that is people go through an action, but they fail to attach a meaning to it. Yeah, totally. So you can give up Pepsi or you could give up, you know, eating red meat. But if you're failing to attach a meaning to what you're doing, you're missing the point totally. Agreed. So that's why, you know, you enter into it prayerfully and and consider what it is that you're really wanting God to point out to you during this time. Devin, do you remember, I don't know if you were born yet, but you've probably seen it. Do you remember (laughs) there was a movie that came out a long time ago, maybe 15, 20, 20 years ago. Oh my God, maybe longer than that. Jim Carrey in the movie Bruce Almighty. Have you seen that? Of course. Yes. A classic. Love that movie. Anything with Jim Carrey is good. Yeah, I totally. He's he's pretty funny. I I thought it was a pretty brilliant concept when it came out. You know that this man who was kind of at the end of his rope was given the powers of God. And uh, I know we talked a little bit at Bible study. You know when he was given the powers, how he kind of abused those powers at the beginning by making Jennifer Aniston's boobs a little bigger. <laughs> Um, clearing out traffic for himself. Yeah, and even splitting. Bringing the moon closer for her. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah, and even splitting, like, his 
red tomato soup in half. Yes. I.e. like parting the Red Sea in the Old Testament. Yeah, it was, that's what was funny, I think. Like we saw him take this great power that he had and use it in a very personal, self-satisfying kind of way. Right. And I remember Morgan Freeman, who, if God is anything like Morgan Freeman, then I'm feeling pretty good about God. (laughs) Yeah. I like God's voice, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember there was a part in the movie where he said, Bruce, I gave you my powers, like, I don't know, a week ago or something like that. And he says, what have you done with it? So calls him out. Yeah. So God had an expectation of these are the powers that you have. So are you going to do anything unselfish with them? And the crux of this movie is that can, you know, or the question of this movie really is, can Bruce serve others as opposed to just serving himself. And I want us to have that mindset as we're looking at the text today with Jesus entering the wilderness and facing temptation. Yeah. So let's, if people want to follow along with us, Devin, I do believe that the temptation narrative is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But if you want to, Devin, do you want to turn to uh, the book of Matthew? Chapter four. There it is. Chapter four. So what I thought we'd do is kind of like what we did in Bible study the other day. If people are following along, um, again, Matthew chapter 4, but you can find this in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, We're going to kind of break down. There are three temptations that Jesus goes through, and we're going to break those down and take a look at those. And I know the other day, Devin, like we talked about some of this stuff, and you're like, I don't like this. Mm, it gave me the ick feeling, some of this. Yeah. And I think our listeners probably will feel the same way once we get to that part. Yeah. So, Devin, you want to pick up and read for us? All right. Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is tested in the wilderness. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God... Tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man, there's just so much just in that little bit of scripture. I don't know about you, Devin, but the very first verse really kind of throws me for a loop. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Right. Like, why? I was really thinking about this this morning uh, prior to us recording about the Spirit leading Jesus into the wilderness. And I don't know how, I don't know how to make sense with that. Like I wrestle with that text a lot. Like he led him on purpose into the wilderness, or could that be a bad translation? Could it be that the spirit accompanied Jesus into Mm. the wilderness? Because I know Jesus talks about after he would return to the father, that he would send a comforter called the Holy Spirit to come and be with us. So I don't know. I'm going to let people just wrestle with that themselves. Or maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe the spirit led him and accompanied him into the wilderness because, you know, when you're pushed into something that's uncomfortable, like what 40 days of fasting would do to you. Yeah. There's typically growth on the other end Oh, or perspective or realization. Um, So Jesus felt, the push to go into the wilderness, but I don't think he was alone that whole time. I don't think so either. I don't think he was alone at all. And I, I love what you just said about 
when you're going through that test, there's some perspective that you gain. Mm-hmm. And I think this was necessary for Jesus to kind of do some self-discovery as to what kind of savior he was going to be. And let me kind of explain what I mean by that. Never before, right, has there ever been a God on earth, so to speak. Never before has there been a Messiah. And there had been many other gods and many other individuals who had claimed to be messiahs or who had claimed to be, you know, sent from God. And I think Jesus is showing up here to to establish a new paradigm. Yeah. Of this is what sets me apart from everybody else. Right. And just like Bruce Almighty was given these powers and he he was he was establishing very quickly that he was a selfish kind of guy with his powers. I think Jesus has got to learn how am I going to take the powers and everything that God has given me and what am I going to do with them? Yeah. And when you're hangry, Man, that decision can go one way or the other. I know. I told you, we talked about this the other night, that Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And I said that um, verse two (laughs) is the understatement of the century. He was hungry. He was hungry. He was hungry. Yeah. You think? I'm hungry after one night of sleep. You know, like. (laughs) Are you kidding? I'm hungry after I already eat my dinner. Like, where's my sweet? I know. So, yes, hungry and maybe angry. <laughs> like, angry that he's there and having to, who knows, but hangry, I think, is a great way to describe him. So he tempts him with something pretty simple. Yeah. Turn the stone that you have here into bread and eat. Yeah. Fill yourself. No problem for Jesus, man. He could do that. Yeah. And hunger is a perfectly innocent craving. Right. Not a sin. Not that I know of, right? Um, any starving man would be desiring food. And so what is the real challenge here? What is the real challenge? The challenge is whether or not Jesus would use his supernatural abilities to satisfy his own longing, to satisfy his own soul. To serve himself. Yeah. And he's like, nope. Nice try, but this is not how I'm going to use my power. Yeah. I'm not going to separate my soup. I'm not going to make my friend's boobs bigger. (laughs) Can I say that about (laughs) Jesus? Right? He's saying, no, like, this is not about me being satisfied. This is not about me meeting my, you know, carnal, so to speak, desires. This is bigger than myself. It's definitely bigger than himself. And I think, oh my gosh, the restraint that Jesus showed here is amazing it would be like me saying to you Devin, that we're on the basketball court okay mm-hmm. it would be like me saying i bet you can't make a layup get out of here and your first instinct right would be to pick up the make ball the layup pick up yeah. the ball. say you'd say julie you're stupid <laughs> Watch me do this thing. I'm awesome. You know, Devin yes. just, right? And um, and here we have Jesus being told, turn that stone into bread. And he's like, in my sleep. I could do it in my sleep. Right. But not for you. But not for him. Yeah. And I'm, I think, you know, I fast forward to the moment of the crucifixion. There's a powerful scene where... Um, Jesus is up on the cross and, and, and the crowds are mocking him and, and they say he could save others, but he couldn't save himself. Hmm. 
Well, yeah, he could. No doubt. He could have done that. We talked about it in a podcast episode not too long ago. He could have. He could have. Remember me saying he could have eaten lightning and crap thunder. Yep. He, he could have called down the powers. He could have done it. But here we see at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry, he's deciding he's not going to be a self-serving kind of savior. That's impressive. I bet Jesus could have beat you on a game in a game of one-on-one, <laughs> Devin. Jesus would take me to town. <laughs> He'd be dunking all over me. And I would let him. No, he would want an honest game from you. <laughs> That's true. He would, you know, just to measure. I tried to cross Jesus one or two times. Just to measure his own skills. Yep. Yeah, he'd, he'd use you as the gold standard. <laughs> that would be a fun game one day. Yeah, it will be someday. Play Jesus in the little game of pig. I want to see that. I want to see that. I want to be there. <laughs> I got to tell you, if that's the case, I'm rooting for Jesus on this one. Dang! After all we've been through here on earth, Julie. We've been through a lot, but I think I've been through more with Jesus <laughs> in my 55 years. I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. Maybe you need one of those split jerseys. Oh, I could do that. All right, so so the devil tries to tempt him again. He's yeah. like, all right, you got me. You're not going to turn the stones into bread. I get it. But let me, up, let me up the ante. Yeah, yeah. So verse five. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. So Satan takes Jesus to kind of the pinnacle of the temple. It's going to be really high up. I'm going to guess well over 300 feet, Devin. 300 feet in the air. And so he says to him, Just throw yourself down, because the angels will protect you. Now, the other day when we were doing Bible study, I pointed out something really really disturbing here you did what was that that the devil is referencing scripture yeah and i hate that it gives me an uh uh-oh feeling yeah psalm 91 like Mm -hmm. he goes back and that little bit where it says he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against satan is quoting scripture yeah, like, Satan, that's not yours to quote. You don't you don't get to say that. That's why I don't like it. Yeah. Like, he shouldn't be using our, our words against us. Yeah, those words are meant for us, right? To yeah. lift us up, to build us up. Uh-huh. And, and he's mocking it, almost. Oh, yeah. Like, if, you're, if, if you and Daddy have such a close relationship, you know, David said clear back in Psalm 91. I'm assuming David wrote that psalm. I might be wrong, but... If you and your dad are so close, it says here in the text that you know that he's not going to, he's not going to allow you to be hurt. And what I hate about this too, is I think it displays a common practice in, in the evangelical world right now, Devin. And that is people who will take the text, who will take Mm. scripture and use it in manipulation uh, for their own benefit using it as bullets, using it as I don't know what, using it like we talk about clobber passages. But here we have Satan using scripture to try to outwit Jesus, to try to uh, manipulate him. And we see this happen today. Manipulate is a great word. It's all about 
Yeah. And we talked about the word religion not too long ago in our podcast. And I think people are equating religion with manipulation. And I, I, this is a very sweeping indictment, but my goodness, I mean, how often has Satan prompted individuals to quote scripture for his purposes and not God's? Yeah, to keep people away from Jesus. Yeah. And he's been successful. Really successful. Because how, how, how easy is it for them to defend their actions by saying, just quoting the, the word book. of... Yeah. I'm not it's saying anything Bible. wrong. It's right there. Right. And here we have Satan doing the exact same thing. Right. So just as he did actually earlier in uh, with his first test, Jesus quoted scripture where he says, man shall not live on bread alone. Jesus comes back with him. Yeah, snaps. He said, well, it is also written, <laughs> do not put the Lord your God to the test. Yeah, and I, I, think, um, I think people do this too. Like they measure their, I don't want to say value as a Christian, but I think they measure their faith on, and they'll test God. Like, mm. I know if I quit my job, God will take care of me. Right. They'll maybe intentionally put themselves in risky situations and say, now God, come swoop in and save And fix the- it. And God's like, you dingling. Why did you do that? <laughs> the job was my gift to you. Yeah. You know, so they're, they're waiting for this sign um, of God's provision, and they already had it. What's fascinating is in Luke eleven twenty nine, Jesus says, this evil generation keeps asking me to show them a miraculous sign. Oh, like don't ask God for a sign. Like don't put him to the test. Just trust and have faith. But anyways, Jesus is like, I'm not going to turn the stones to bread. I'm not going to jump from this high point. You're over two, Satan. So Satan comes back up to bat. Yeah. His walk-up music. What would his walk-up music be? Let's think about that for a second. Uh, I'm on the highway to hell. (laughs) I think that would be it. Highway to hell? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So Jesus comes up the bat for the third time. Third time. Walk-up music is playing. ACDC rocking the house. He's feeling good about himself. Okay. And he says again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He said, all this I will give to you if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Yeah, Jesus rebukes this offer of power by quoting Deuteronomy 6. You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So here we have, I mean. This piece is tricky. Why do you think so? Why do you think this is tricky? Because I think, I think the first one is the trickiest one, I'll be honest with you. like That's true. To like Because you're hungry. Because you're hungry and just turn. Like, and you're weathered turn the and you darn, don't feel well. Yeah, turn the darn stone into bread. You could do that. Like to know that I could do something so Easily. That that one's tricky, but okay, I hijacked the conversation. Why do you think this is tricky, Deb? I think it's tricky because Satan is saying to him, look at it all. All the riches in the world could be yours. Everything you see, it's yours. And I'm going to take away all the pain. You're going to have all the power. 
Yeah. You won't be hungry again. You know that feeling you felt when I first came? That's not going to happen to you. You won't feel pain. Anything you want, it's yours. All you have to do is get down and worship me. So what would you have done, Devin? I mean, obviously, no, I don't want any of that. But think about it in today's world. That would be like, like I talk about, I'm frugal and I work on worshiping God alone and not money, right? Mm, yeah. Um, so that would be equivalent to saying, Satan come up to me and say, Devin, you just won $900 million. Okay. Take it and worship me or leave and mm. stay where you are. Mm. He's using you at your weakest point. He knows that that is yeah. the Achilles heel. Yeah. And he's going he's gonna to use my weak point to try to turn me. Oh, I th- brilliant observation. Yeah. He does that every day in our lives. Uh, so, no. Obviously, I'm not going to take that $900 million jackpot lottery ticket if it comes to worshiping him. At what risk? At what cost? Yeah, this was definitely a compromise that Jesus would have had to have made. Like it was a huge, this was a huge cost. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, I love you use that expression, Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right. Satan, oh, he is a smart SOB. Like he knows everyone's weakness. He knows exactly yeah. what to prey on. He knows right where to go, right where it's going to hurt. It's just so freaking evilly brilliant in that way. And that's why... Yep. We have to constantly be on guard. We have to, this is why, you know, walking so close to God is so important. Like, okay, so Satan, you're coming at me right now. Okay, but uh-huh. uh, Jesus, um, you know, he's more than a six man, right? Right. He's he's walking beside me. And um, I, I had talked to you the other day about their scripture. I believe it's in Second Peter where it says that Satan prowls around the earth, basically like a lion ready to devour his prey. I mean, he has nothing better to do than to search out your weakness and mine. Yeah. And if if Jesus says the most important thing is relationship, loving God and loving others, then the only things, and loving ourselves, right? right? Love our neighbor as ourselves. Then Satan's main goal then is to just prowl around, key in on your weakness so that he can put some doubt in your relationship with God, your doubt in relationship with others, or a doubt in yourself. Yes. And there's a huge difference between, we talked a lot about this in Bible study. There's a difference between being tested and temptation. Oh, yeah. To me, you know, Satan is always at work. He's always trying to tempt you. He's always trying to bring you down. I think that's what temptation is. If you, you know, bite the hook, take the bait, you're being tempted and it's going to take you down. We're on the flip side of that. I think that I don't like the I don't like to say Jesus is testing you. But I think Jesus is also always at work and your faith is always being tested. I would agree with that. Devin, you quoted the scripture in last week's podcast where Jesus said, "In this world you will have troubles." Right? "In this world you will have troubles, you'll have trials, you'll have tests, but take heart, I have overcome the world." Yeah, it's like he is wanting to see what you're made of in your faith. Mm, yeah. Temptation is meant to bring you down or testing is meant to lift you up. That's it. Yeah. That's perfect. You're absolutely right. 
hearken back to our one of our favorite phrases, right? We are we are transformed either by great pain or great love. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times both. And in the in the testing that we're talking about, um, as we are tested and accompanied by Jesus at the same time, we're being transformed by both at the same time, by the pain and the love. So I think that is a critical distinction that you just made between tempting and testing. Absolutely. And so here we have Jesus being tempted to, to have all the power that Satan has on this world, whatever limited power Satan has, he's like, it's yours. Right. And by taking on that power, then Jesus could have avoided all of the pain, the pain of the crucifixion, right? The pain of the beatings and the pain of betrayal, and I sometimes wonder if at any point, as you know, we're heading into Lent, which ends with this, uh, you know, with Easter, and and we think about uh, Good Friday, which I think should be called Bad Friday, in a lot of ways. Um, I wonder if at any point, when Jesus was suffering so horribly, if he ever thought back to this day. Yeah, like, dang, I could have avoided this. Yeah, because we know that Jesus was questioning his faith in this moment. Like, I don't want to go through this. Is there any way that I can avoid this? But ultimately, Jesus knew that it was, uh, it was just, it was just wrong. And so we read here where Jesus quotes scripture back to him again, like I said, and then the devil leaves him and uh, it's not a one and done experience. I think what we have to remember is this. I think this is the only documented time where we see Jesus doing battle with Satan. But do you think Satan left him alone for the next three years of his ministry? Hell no. Just like, hell no, that's ironic. <laughs> Just like Satan comes to us, I think all the time. Hey, you know, um, talk about that person. Talk shit about that person. Yeah. Or, hey, uh, why don't you go and isolate that person from, from friendship or whatever? Mm-hmm. Hey, why don't you go spend that money that you know you probably shouldn't do. He's at work, always. All the time. And that's why it's important to always remember that, you know, Jesus is here with us. And I think what's beautiful, and in the video that Julie's going to post on Facebook this week, you'll see it. Jesus said no, 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 three times to Satan. He chose to serve others and not serve himself. Mm. And you can see just how exhausted Jesus is by making Mm -hmm. these choices and for fasting and being in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And at the very end, for the last time when he said no to Satan, Satan left him. And then you see the angels coming and attending to him and comforting him and taking Jesus on their shoulders and just pulling him through out of the wilderness. Yeah, Like that's what you have to think about when you're making these hard decisions, when you're choosing Jesus and not Satan, that you're not alone. You have angels comforting you, standing by you in your decisions. Oh, I love that. It's a beautiful image, isn't it? And I think one of the misconceptions that we can have as we're reading through the text, like Devin, as you read that little bit in Matthew chapter four, if we would not have discussed it, you could have read the entire temptation scenario in less than two minutes, in less than a minute. Oh, yeah. And so what we sometimes do is we think, well, maybe that's how long the temptation took place. Are you kidding? Like, I'm imagining that Jesus being hangry as he was. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't think Satan asked him one time, hey, turn, turn this, these stones into bread. I bet it lasted hours. Right. Like, listen to your stomach, Jesus, you're hungry. What's the harm? It could have been everything from subtle temptation to downright, like, turn the damn stones into bread. I mean, I think we're talking about spiritual warfare that did not last 30 seconds. It went on for hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. And as if Jesus was not exhausted enough from the first temptation, he heads into a second one. And I think it lasted for hours and hours and hours. It's no wonder after the third one that he's exhausted. Friends, the temptation didn't last 60 seconds, the time it takes to read. Jesus was doing active battle for quite some time. And yeah, he was tired, dog tired. So I think one of the things we need to keep in mind here is that in the wilderness, Jesus wasn't out to prove that he couldn't be tempted. Because temptation in and of itself is not a sin. We're always tempted to make the right decision or the wrong decision. Temptation makes us human. And Jesus showed that he could be tempted, but also that he could overcome the tempter. And therein lies our challenge. So yes, Jesus stood firm. He, he handled the assaults from Satan And he proved what kind of savior he was going to be. And it wasn't going to be a self-serving savior. It was going to be a savior who was going to be all about the mission of love and compassion and serving others. And that makes all the difference. Right. All the difference. And little pro tip too. (laughs) What I'm learning within the last couple weeks when I feel like I'm being tempted, call it out. That's helped me. Okay. I see you, Satan, and I'm not going to allow you to, you know, divide, you know, or get cause a fight between my wife and I. I'm not going to allow you to, you know, make me eat the food that I probably shouldn't eat. You know, I'm not going to allow you, um, I don't know, I'm just speaking for any kind of temptation. Who turned to anything else other than Jesus to satisfy their soul. Amen. It could be shopping. It could be alcohol. It could be food. It could be... It could be any of those things. And Jesus is saying, listen, you can say no to that. Mm-hmm. And if, if there's an emptiness there, if there's a desire, if there's a longing, let me come alongside you. Let me fill it. That is, yes, that is the, the oh man, everything hinges on that, Devin. It just does. I, you said, call it out. I love it. I think I mentioned this before a long time ago, but my friend Lisa um she is very attuned to the spiritual world and she's very attuned to when God is trying to um, move in different aspects of her life. And she literally gets out her, her finger. I was going to say the finger, not her middle finger, but her pointer finger. And she'll just, she'll wag it back and forth. And she's like, not today, "Mm, Satan, not today, Satan. No, not today. (laughs) And I, and I think I encouraged you to do that a long time ago. Just Mm -hmm. get the finger out and like, be like, "Mm -mm, I'm calling you on your bullshit. Yeah. I see you. Nope. Not today. No, Mm -mm. no, this is good stuff. But, um, yeah. So as we head into Lent, um, the idea is that you're going to give up that thing that you rely on more than Jesus. How's that? Maybe that's what we give up. Yeah. I like that. But anyways, okay. So we're heading into Lent. I don't know where we're going to be going with the podcast next week, but we'll be here. Right, Devin? We're going to be here doing our thing. We'll see you next Sunday.
If you have any questions about Lent, if you have any questions about Ash Wednesday, I encourage you, if you um, want to stop by somewhere to receive the ashes, consider doing that. Yeah, if you have questions about that, though, send us a message on our Facebook page. Yep, would love to connect with you. And keep an eye out for that video that I referred to earlier. Uh, it kind of shows Jesus as a, it's a cartoon Jesus, if you will, of uh, his travels and the temptations through the 40 days and 40 nights. And it is amazing. Yeah, it's powerful. For a cartoon, it's pretty powerful. Yeah, Julie says all the time that it brings her to tears at the end of it. And I think you guys will see why uh, once you finish. It's four minutes, so take the time to watch it. Uh, Also, if you guys like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. And spread the good news. That's what we encourage. Just, uh, you know, allow others to listen and to feel feel the goodness of Jesus. Amen, sister. And I also want to give a quick shout out to Jordy. It is one of my best friend, uh, Jenny's best friend. <laughs> and Jenny has told me that Jordy is a faithful listener and Aww. just want to give her a shout out. We really appreciate you, Jordy. And I can't wait to meet you one day. I want her to be my best friend. <laughs> Jordy, you're now the best friend to Jenny, myself, and Julie. Okay. So only. Sorry, Devin, you're out. Only people with J names, I think, are allowed on this one. I think that's what it is. But, oh, that makes me happy. That gives me happy feels. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to you, Jordy. Thank you, Jordy. So on behalf of Julie and myself, here's to the good news. May we be it. May we seek it. May we spread it. So pull up a seat. There's no reservation needed. Be well, friends. I'm on the high. No, don't include that one. <laughs> In the new podcast, Reformation Abroad, you get immersed in the story of a prison crew in outer space on a work release program. But once the crew discovers a dark secret, they find that their lives may be in danger. Here's a quick taste of Reformation Abroad. This is Chief Engineer Kowalski. The Abari requests immediate assistance at X-Ray Tango Echo-499. Come on, we have to go now. Hello, team lead. Please call me King. King ran the biggest crew in Cook County Jail. Going after that ship was a total mistake. This is the official statement, and you will do well to stick to it. I'm going to leave you all in five if you don't get back to the pod. going to kill us all. Cam, I think we've got bigger problems right now. We are a voice in the darkness, the only hope out here on the sideline. How did this get so out of hand? Let this horse run. Guys, I really don't think this is a good idea! Check out Reformation Abroad a fun, immersive science fiction audio drama wherever you listen to podcasts.